0: Australia Church Podcast. We're so glad you're listening today. We pray this blesses you and encourages you. And if you want to get in touch with us or find out more about our ministry, please check out our website or social media. We pray you have a great day. Yeah, well, this morning I wanna I wanna share on what I've called spirit life. And a lot of you are so good at this, this is going to be, um, you know, just like uh, very familiar ground, but I hope to just bring out a couple of things that are going to be helpful today. I'm going to begin in Matthew chapter 5, the same passage I read from, I don't know, only a month ago, the Beatitudes Sermon on the Mount, and I want to bring out a few things from this and a couple other passages just to bring together, um, hopefully, some helpful things to encourage us in that area of our spirit life to take us deeper and further. And so I'll start from uh, Matthew chapter 5. We'll start from verse 1. And this is Jesus preaching his great famous Sermon on the Mount. One day as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him and he began to teach them. And he said, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. Now, I'm reading from New Living Translation. Do we have that? We, we might sometimes have it. But I'm, I'm going to read from New Living. If you have an electronic device and conflict to New Living Translation, there's specifically something I want to bring out in the New Living. And um, hey, we got it here. Okay. So from verse. Verse. Let's start again from verse 3. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they'll be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they'll inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they'll be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they'll be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And I just want to summarize or introduce today by particularly in that version because it's modern language we talk we don't talk about blessed or blessed so much these days but we talk about God blessing things and blessing people. And if we look at the themes of each one of what Jesus was trying to point out there, the first one is God blesses those who are poor. The second one is God blesses those who mourn. Then God blesses those who are humble, those who are hungry, those who are merciful, those whose hearts are pure, those who are peaceful, and those who are persecuted. If we wrote down a list of those things... Uh, of what it takes to inherit the kingdom of God, what it takes to see God move or to be used by God, they would not be our main list, would they? Especially in modern church, we wouldn't pick out things like, I want to be humble, I want to be hungry, I want to be merciful, I want to be pure and peaceful and persecuted and, and, and poor. These are not the kind of things we would write down as saying, to enter the kingdom of heaven or have greater influence, I want these things. But what Jesus does is he turns our natural world upside down and he throws us a curveball by saying the deep things of the heart, the deep things of life, the roots of our life are what really matters, not all the other stuff that's going on. The fruit will come from the root. But he really is intent on getting the roots of our life really, really clean and pure and even humble. And that's why if there's any brokenness or the poor, I think it talks about and and these sorts of themes, it's more talking about someone who has a spirit yielded to his. And so I want to share three things today that I think come out of living a life in the spirit or a spirit life. And um, probably just to open it up, um, a great Preacher from last century, A.W. Tozer, said this, The Spirit-filled life is not a special deluxe edition of Christianity. It is part and parcel of the total plan of God for his people. In other words, Spirit-filled people are not an upsized version of non-Spirit-filled people. And even that term, you know, you could take different ways. What it is, is God's original plan, is that we all as believers would be filled with his spirit and move in his kingdom. There's not different divisions and versions of it. It's just God's intent and his heart is that we would walk in the fullness, in the abundance of the gospel, not just part of the gospel. And so I think that's a great summary. But there's three things that I want to bring out and they're sort of in succession today. The first one is the covert The second one is obedience. And the third thing is kingdom. And just talking about covert for a moment, uh, this word, it's Probably used commonly in, you know, like the military kind of things. You, you have covert operations. They're the operations that go on behind the scene. No one really knows what's going on. A whole lot of secrecy. It's undercover. And, and maybe it's for a very specific purpose. But in the covert life that we have with Jesus, no one else really needs to know what's going on. It's very difficult for, for some reason in a modern day because we're so, there's so much. Um, cross-pollination, there's so much media, there's so much even social media and that sort of stuff, everything, we know so much about one another and we live so closely. So it can be difficult to live a covert life with the Lord. But I would say the most important things that we carry are the covert things that maybe just maybe just a few know about us or maybe just one or two or husband and wife or, or very close relationship Those are the covert things, the things that that we don't need to tell anyone else about. The things that we don't need a pat on the back or glory from anyone else because we're receiving it from the Father. And when a son or a daughter receives from the Father, they don't need anyone else to know about it because that's what they actually needed was the covert affirmation of the Father. And so um, Watchman Nee, actually a great prayer warrior from... uh, A century or two ago. It's one of Ryan's uh, idols, I was going to say. Wrong word. Heroes. He says this. Many saints cannot distinguish inspiration from emotion. Actually, these two can be defined readily. Emotion always enters from a man's outside, whereas inspiration originates with the Holy Spirit in a man's spirit. And, you know, it may not be a perfectly correct statement, but the point of it is that the deep workings of the Spirit happens in a covert atmosphere. It happens in a close intimacy with us and the Father, us and Jesus, us and the Holy Spirit. And it's it's normally that time when we're one-on-one with Him, when we're just with Him and we learn to hear His voice and we learn to get His leading and understand how He operates. It's in those times that the roots are getting deeper and that the kingdom is really at work. Even today, the kingdom of God's at work and celebrating and it's great to have this corporate setting. But this week, this week when no one's looking, when you have that time with the Father, that's the covert operations. That's the deep stuff. That's the well. That's when the well is, uh, let me give you an example about wells. When wells haven't been tapped into or used for a while, they can get a little bit smelly. Ours is like that. It gives off sulfur dioxide. doesn't smell too good. But when a well is flowing and the water's flowing out of it regularly, there's no problem because it's getting recharged through the aquifer, isn't it? The water's seeping down and there's a recharge happening. It's exactly the same in the life of the Spirit. We need to have that recharging going on. If you haven't recharged in a little while, do it this week. It will change things. It just changes our thinking, changes our perspective, and it doesn't matter whether we're old or young. The same principle applies. We all need to be recharged with the Spirit. We all need the water of the Spirit coming into our aquifer and just bring. You know what happens? I just learned this this week from a guy in our area who's just like a, a, a supernaturalist, if you like, a, a supernaturalist. Um. Anyway. You've got to be dangerous saying that in a supernatural church, don't you? He's a very knowledgeable naturalist. And um, he was telling me about how when there's a really, really good uh, season, wet season especially through clay, sandy soils and this sort of stuff, um, you'll get an increase in the mineral uptake in the water because of all that water flushing through all the different layers and the geography and and they bring that into the water and so your water has an increased mineral content. And that's what happens in the spirit life. When we're in his presence, when we're doing the covert thing with him, and you know, it doesn't matter, you might have, you know, especially now it's cold, it's difficult to get up in the mornings, you might have 16 jumpers and scarves and put the gloves on and the Ugg boots and the heater, and you're still a little bit chilly, but you're still there with the Lord. I mean, some of you know what that's like. Others, you just, you know, you're sitting on top of the fireplace um, because it's that cold, and, and, you know, whatever it takes, do it. If it means midday or midnight or once you're fully alive and everything like that at two in the afternoon, do it. Whatever it takes to get in, to get that fresh minerals of the water coming into our spirits, that's what we need to do. Give yourself permission to say no to things, to say yes to Him. And so, uh, and you know, there's not one human being on the earth who finds it easy to wake up early. I'm sure... Kids jump out and, you know, they want food and all that sort of stuff. But if, if people are honest, most people would say it, it's, it's a mental thing. I have to discipline myself and I have to prepare my time with the Lord. It's just a fact of life. The truth is there's many other areas in life. We do it. Without even thinking. We, we, and we might not love it. We go to work. We, we study. We do all sorts of things. We, we, in our daily lives, we have a whole lot of things which are more discipline than joy. But sometimes the discipline turns into joy. And then it's a bit more discipline again for a while. And then it's joy. And, and that's the seasonal ebb and flow. But when we stick at it, we're putting, allowing the Lord to flush in those, the fresh minerals. And, you know, if you need some fresh minerals today, there's no better place to be. We worship and we allow His presence to come. But then what do we do with it? Then we do something with it. This week, we begin to discipline our lives or discipline our mind. And, and you know, self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. Prophecy is, and you have a prophet in town, everyone will come. You have a self control conference, how many people are going to show up? <laughs> but the fruit, the, it's exactly the same. It's exactly the same. Because if, if we can learn to conquer this area of self control, then thousands more of us will be prophets. Because when we actually learn to cultivate... Anyway, I'm sort of getting to my point number three, so I'm giving you a higgledy-piggledy version, but that's okay. That's the covert stuff. That's the really, really important stuff. That's where relationship is built. Nothing else happens if we don't have relationship. It's something that we've seen more and more uh, in our lives, and I think as you, maybe get, as you get older or you just experience a little bit more, you realise that relationships are really important. And even relationships from a long time ago, maybe if you've caught up with someone from 20 years ago, you just realize that, wow, they they know me. They know me and there's some bond. There's something you can connect with that, that you can't really get with someone else because they know you. And that relationship has some equity. That relationship has some meaning and some depth. And this is the same with the Lord. When we build that deep relationship with Him, with Him, and this is, this is something that I continually am conscious of and work on and, and, uh, and say, Lord, I want to go deeper in because I'm, I realize that I need him more and I need his voice more. I need more wisdom and understanding. And, and so the more I can actually still my mind and actually say, what do you want, Lord, in this area and get to know him and his voice, then, then everything else flows out of that. So the second one, obedience. Talking about prayer and self-control, and it can, you know, um, bring up thoughts of, oh, gee, you know, it's just hard work praying. Here's a quote by Jonathan Edwards that I think takes all the burden off it. And he says, The true spirit of prayer is no other than God's own spirit dwelling in the hearts of the saints. And as this spirit comes from God, so does it naturally tend to, To God in holy breathings and pantings. It naturally leads to God to converse with Him in prayer. What He's saying there is that His Spirit in us is the one that prays back to Him. He just leads us in His way. So when we spend time with Him, God if you if you like, lights a flame of the Spirit in our heart, shows us what to pray, teaches us how to pray, allows us to hear the voice of the Father, to hear the voice of God, and the Holy Spirit breathes on that, on the coals of our heart, so we actually are able to pray in the Spirit. But it's from His Spirit. So it's his deep crying out to our deep. It's not just the surface stuff. He cares about that stuff. You know, some people say you shouldn't have lists and just tell him all your shopping lists. I don't even think that's a bad thing, to be honest with you, because why not pray about it? We're going to talk to everyone else about it anyway. So why not talk to our father about it? And so I don't even I don't honestly think that's a bad thing to if if you write your list and ask the Lord every day for that stuff, go for it. But ultimately, His deep is crying out for something deep within us, crying out for our core of who we are to arise and to come into our calling, to come into our destiny. And that's why we have the Holy Spirit, the advocate, the one who comes alongside of us to to be our helper and our comforter, our counsellor, our empowerer so that we may do the works of God. We can't do the works of God without that indwelling spirit. And so I think that's a great summary of that obedience is really difficult if we make it about what we do. It becomes easier if we make it about who he is. So then when we have a look at prayer, maybe in the morning or night or whenever you have time with the Lord, we look at it, we say, okay, I'm not going to make this about the time and, and my limitations and, and, oh, I better do this. But I'm actually just going to stop, maybe put on worship or whatever you do to, to get in that zone and actually say, Holy Spirit, you're in me. You want to intercede right now. You're the one who wants to spend time with me. And so out of, out of relationship, obedience becomes easier. Out of relationship, it doesn't become hard work. It just becomes something that we begin to function in. Why? Because we're in relationship. If we're in relationship with someone, we want to hear their voice. We want to know what they're saying to us. And we need to be doing that as regularly as we can. And then we truly can be people that live by the Spirit. It's something that, you know, we... we when we've hung around different leaders, um, the different ones have different strengths and callings and um, anointings. And, and it's, it, there's a few that we've hung around. We're like, okay, they, they really live in the spirit. They really live in the spirit. They watch how they talk. They watch how they operate function in their lives and so we've learned from that in various areas we've learned from that we've gone actually we like that about them and we're actually going to take that and that's now ours you're allowed to do that you're allowed to steal someone else's anointing in that way if you like something that someone else the way they function and they have a godly trait in their life maybe their prayer life or the way they carry themselves you're allowed to steal it there's no problem with that it's learning it's iron sharpening iron And so that's what we do regularly. The last thing is kingdom. This is probably the the main thing. The kingdom is the fruits. Now we have basically nine fruits of the spirit and nine gifts of the spirit. And as I said, in the charismatic Pentecostal churches, we love the gifts of the spirit. And we love the gifts of the spirit because Holy Spirit uh, activates a whole lot of the kingdom through his gifts in, in the body. But... When we look at the fruits of the Spirit, like self-control and patience, kindness, all all the nine, you you know them, you probably learnt them off by heart. If you haven't, have a look at them. Because in Galatians chapter 5, in fact, let's go to Galatians chapter 5. I think it's verse 16. Galatians 5, 16 says, and I'm again in New Living, says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. That's the spirit life. That's the spirit life right there. And yes, it goes on to the fruits of the spirit. You can keep reading about that but that's just a powerful statement there, isn't it? Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. So this recharging of our water well, this recharging process that goes on is so critical. Otherwise, we will find ourselves craving the things of the sinful nature. Some some have probably wondered, why, why do people backslide? Why do people go after things, it's probably that their spirit life for some reason doesn't have that water and that recharging going on in on a regular basis. And therefore, things get a bit stale. And therefore, the sinful nature begins to look a little bit appealing. When we're recharging in the spirit, we're focusing on the spirit, we're focusing on the things he wants to do. And therefore, that is where we live. That's what we desire. Ultimately, of course, we still have a whole lot of other stuff going on, but the drier that gets, the more the sinful nature looks appealing. And and that's a this is just a reminder. When we live in the spirit, we do it regularly. And then um, actually, I'm gonna, I won't go keep reading. You can read about the fruits of the spirit there. But I just want to summarize it like this: it's very easy to go after the gifts. And, and we love the gifts and we operate in healing and we love prophecy and all that sort of stuff. You know that. But when we get the fruits, because the fruits come from the roots, don't they? The kingdom, the kingdom of God. And remember, if we look back at what Jesus said about the kingdom in the Beatitudes... He said a whole lot of things that the world wouldn't actually say are the nine ways, the seven ways, the three ways to get the kingdom breaking loose in your church. Jesus went for the heart. He went for the heart. He went right to the roots. And and he, he really went opposite to what the world was saying right then because he wanted to check the motive. He wanted to check the motive. So first thing is covert, that underground stuff. Second thing, obedience. When we do hear his voice, we actually recognize it and obey. And then it releases the kingdom, the fruit of the spirit. And out of the fruit of the spirit comes the gifts of the spirit. And what I mean by that is if we have the gifts of the spirit and we have prophecy, but we don't evidence love, then we're a resounding gong. Love is a fruit of the Spirit. Prophecy is a gift of the Spirit. If we just go after prophecy but don't have love, we're a resounding gong. Paul says it so clearly. So we go after the kingdom to evidence the fruit to release the gifts. And when we operate in that cycle, in that order, we, we carry an atmosphere of wisdom in the kingdom. There's, there's various people, and, and praise God, they're only in very small number these days. But there's various people who go around and, and all they talk about is the supernatural realm and manifestations of glory, 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 and all that sort of stuff. And, and look, we, we love all that stuff, but you can't live on it. You can't live on it. We live on Jesus and him alone. And if he chooses to release that stuff, then so be it. And of course, we go after it. We pray for healing. You all know that. But the Lord has really done a maturing work in the body of Christ all over the world. In the last decade, there's been a cross-pollinating of anointings. There's been a maturing. And and, and you can see supernatural cultures really going after character, really going after the heart, really going after the Word of God. And so it's, it's not all about the fire. We love the fire but it's accompanied now by looking at at the gospel and the new testament as a whole and saying hang on sometimes we've got to just get back to basics and remember that jesus is the main thing then what he's calling us to he will do maybe he doesn't want to bring revival in an extended meeting version i mean wouldn't that be amazing if he just did it the new testament way and so we've become so formatted sometimes. But God's undoing that in the last decade. And He is breathing life on the body of Christ all over the world. You can see it. And there's a freshness. There's a freshness on worship. There's an there's a interdenominationalism where the walls are coming down. Um, and, and there's a real release of freedom in that area. And, and so, you know, it's a real blessing to the body of Christ. And I believe that's going to increase more and more. But us as a people, as we begin to uh, increase, or not even begin, as we increase in this spirit life, that is the daily walk with Jesus, the obeying his voice, the evidencing of the fruit of the kingdom, and releasing the gifts of the spirit. These things, uh, if I mean, if a lot of people uh, preaching on spirit life would just be about the gifts of the spirit, but that's just the evidence, that's just the demonstration. And Jesus says that himself, and you can see the way Jesus operated in the New Testament. It was just the, just the end game. It supported the gospel, and it brought incredible faith and breakthrough, and it raised a few people from the dead. They'd be happy about that. But, but as even Roland Baker has shared with us before, that even the people that they've seen raised from the dead, you would think that all of them are miraculously go into ministry. He said, no, you'd be very surprised. Some of them don't even go on walking with the Lord. And that might shock you. I think, why on earth would you say that? That's a way to drop everyone's faith. No. What, what that is, is it goes to show that we can't just chase down that thing, the, the spirit signs and wonders and even that, that revival atmosphere because God is more concerned with the covert of each one of us, the covert of each one of us. And then he'll bring about incredible things through it. Transformation happens generally through people. There have been seasons throughout history where God has just boomed a whole city, but it still took people. God wants to move through you. He wants to bring transformation through you. And in in order to do that, He wants to go deep and really bring out the gems in you, not the other stuff. He wants to get rid of that. That's normally called repentance and, you know, whatever, whatever else. But he wants to bring out the kingdom of God in its purity and its power. So when you and I speak or when we're around people, they actually hear the spirit of God. They don't just hear some nice theory or some nice idea. And do you know what? I actually call that a form of revival. When we can actually transform others by who we are. And when hundreds of people do that, it begins to change a region. And that's really what we're going after, is many, many, many people carrying the kingdom of God in the depth of who they are, not just in, in a shallow way, not just to, to uh, you know, create uh, us more famous for ourselves, but actually to carry Jesus in a way that we're honouring him and the way that the kingdom of God is released, whether it's in his way or our way. Our way we 'd have it formatted we 'd have it routine we 'd have it all organized his way his spirit speaks in whispers it 's not the way I would do it. I would do it very clearly and concisely and you know send an audio recording down to tell us what to do. You can tell he 's patient can't you <laughs> but that's that 's What I believe, he's building us into spirit people who hear the spirit, obey the spirit, follow the spirit, and actually learn to evidence the fruits of the spirit, which I'll include the gifts of the spirit in that. And you can see that on the testimonies. Uh, it's great seeing that stuff. Keep going for that stuff. This week, set yourself some, some, some new challenges or new areas where you can see that released. And I'll do that too. And, and it's part of that transformation of an area that God wants to do. And I, I firmly believe that God wants to bring about transformation of this region. And it will take a whole lot of people. It will take a whole lot of churches. It's not just our church. It's the body of Christ. But we're part of that. And so I want you to stand this morning and I just want to thank you. Yeah, just lift your hands. And I just want to pray a release of, of the Spirit of God over us here this morning and in whatever way he chooses, and maybe some of you need a, 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 yeah, just a fresh recharge. Maybe it's um, you know awareness, his voice, intimacy, relationship, whatever it is. If you haven't been in a close relationship with him or in a relationship with him at all, I want to encourage you this morning, you can easily step in. You can easily step in. You just ask him, Jesus, come into my life. Jesus, wash me, cleanse me. Jesus, speak to me. I want to be your child. I want to be with you. It's as simple as that. And if you, if you haven't been in that place, you easily just let it go. Just repent. Just turn away from that other stuff and just get back with him. Just get into a place where you're his son. You're his daughter. And he, you, you want to spend time with him. You want to hear his voice. And so, Lord, this morning we ask that your kingdom would come, that your will would be done in this place this morning. Lord, I ask for anyone who's strayed from you, who's been disappointed and and, and just has not been with you lately. Lord, I pray even today that you would break the yoke of weariness, of tiredness, of distance. And Lord, we pray for a fresh intimacy this morning. Fresh intimacy. Fresh intimacy with the Father. Fresh intimacy with the Father. Lord, we thank you for every good thing you're doing. Holy Spirit. We welcome you right now. We ask for that fresh recharge, minerals, heavenly minerals in this place right now. That this would be an aquifer this morning of your heavenly minerals released into this place. And if you, if you need uh, just that fresh, fresh life, then you begin to receive that by faith right now. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, begin to deposit in your touch. Fresh touch of the Spirit. Fresh touch of the Spirit this morning, Lord. Lord, we pray that anointing, fresh anointing. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord.